Hello, SDA listeners. It has been a little while since our last podcast, um, but we're back with another episode, and I have two very special guests I think that you will learn a lot from today. We have registered dietitians Kylie Robertson and Delaney Elam. They are registered dietitians in preventative cardiology at Cincinnati Children's, and they provide medical nutrition therapy to those with overweight slash obesity, elevated blood pressure, and or dyslipidemia. So hello, Kylie and Delaney. How are you guys? Hi, good. Awesome. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining me today. Um, I'm so excited you guys could come on the podcast. So just to give our listeners some background information, tell us a little bit about yourself. So where did you go to school? What did your path look like? What did you study? Um, what is your current job? And then any facts? So whoever wants to go first. Um, I can go first. This is Kylie. Um, so I graduated from the University of Cincinnati with a Bachelor of Science in Nutrition and Dietetics. I also have, it's not considered an associate's degree, but a certificate in psychology. Um, And then I work at Cincinnati Children's and um, I'm also a certified personal trainer. I still kind of dabble in that a little bit, but I've kind of since stepped away from that within the past calendar year. Um, And we were trying to think of funny facts about us. Um, So like a fun fact in relation to children's, I guess is we really, really, really enjoy um, the soup in the cafeteria. They have different soups every day. So we are always like eager to get online and see what the soup is when we work on base. Um, And that is always something, it's like a staple that we get uh, when we have lunch on base at Children's. That's so funny. I was looking over the doc where you were writing in and it just says the soup. And I'm like, (laughs) okay, I don't know what that means. Yeah. It's definitely something. What about you? Yeah, go ahead, Delaney. The soup is definitely something we look we look at days, if not weeks, in advance. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I also uh, graduated from the University of Cincinnati, um, actually alongside Kylie with a bachelor's of science in nutrition and dietetics. However, um, uh, we started a little bit non non traditional, um, as Kylie did, and we can dive a little bit more into that later. Um. But currently, I work uh, outpatient at Cincinnati Children's in preventive cardiology alongside Kylie as well there. Um, we're both dietitians, just like you had said, um, treating those with overweight, uh, those with obesity, elevated blood pressure, and or dyslipidemia, um, which is uh, cholesterol, you know, abnormal cholesterol. Um, and the soup is definitely um, a great fun <laughs> fact that I <laughs> very much agree with Kylie on. It's fantastic. <laughs> Can you... Just explain for those students listening who might not know what outpatient means. Of course. So um, in the field of dietetics and in general, a lot of health professions, um, there's inpatient and outpatient um, clinics um, to where inpatient may be those more physically in the hospital. They're admitted to the hospital. They're being seen um, by those working, you know, overnight. They're basically admitted Um not not just like a typical hey hello and goodbye visit um it's more of a longer stay than just a quick you know going to the doctor and coming home um outpatient which is where we work is a scheduled visit not one where they're going into the hospital to stay and be admitted inpatient um so an outpatient 
may come in and them and their family start their appointment at one. They see the doctor, they see us, and then they leave at two, um, and that's their day. Um, so that's a lot, lot, a lot of the difference between outpatient and inpatient. Um, there's not as many outpatient dietitians at Children's as there are inpatient, just because of all the different nutrition therapy fields within Children's um, itself. Gotcha. Perfect. Yeah, because I know like we might have some first years or people who aren't even like in the healthcare field listening to this. Um, so that's really helpful. So usually when we have like registered dietitians on or guests on, we like to just do a fun little question before we get into the topic. So for this episode, what has been your go-to favorite recipe to make lately? So mine's, um, this is Delaney. Mine's a little bit boring, but it's definitely a go-to because it's easy and quick and it's been colder, not as much recently, thankfully, but it's a lentil um, bean soup kind of recipe. It's almost like a chili because the way it thickens, um, but also like a taco soup. So it's very um, balanced one. It has beans in it, lentils um, for some protein, but also has a lot of vegetables in it. It's very easy. You throw it all into a crock pot and let it cook for a couple hours and you're done. And you can um, either meal prep it for the week or eat it that night or whatever you want to do, which is very simple and you can pretty craveable. You can eat it with a lot of sides too. <laughs> so that's kind of my go-to. Yeah, I've been on the taco soup kick lately. I make it like once a week. I don't know what my deal is, but I will just have it for leftovers and it's so good, but I'm sure pretty soon I'm going to be kind of like, okay, I can't eat this anymore. <laughs> Definitely. Um, Mine's so weird. When we were talking about this earlier, we were laughing about just like the randomness, but um, I make this like, it's a staple right now because it's like a healthier alternative to like ice cream and things like that. But um, I've been taking like Siggy's brand yogurt because it's um, really thick, the Greek yogurt, just the plain Greek yogurt. And I'll take a little bit of like sugar-free Jell-O mix, um, not Jell-O, but the pudding, Jell-O brand pudding mix. And whether it's like cheesecake flavored, chocolate flavored, and I add like maybe like one serving of that in there, just enough to really get it to be this like pudding-like like fluff consistency. It's almost like a chocolate mousse, I guess. And it tastes tart like chocolate mousse. Um, and it's like this like high protein, fluffy dessert type stuff. And I put like cereal in it and fruit in it. Um, and it's just like a snack, I guess. I don't know. It's so random, but it's been a staple. That sounds so good. I never even thought of using like the pudding mix in Greek yogurt. Yeah. It's funny because I don't think a lot of people do. And that's kind of funny enough, like a healthier alternative to some things that we uh, recommend for patients, especially with like um vegetable dip instead of ranch dressing you can do the same thing with the plain greek yogurt and put ranch seasoning in it um yes. it doesn't really eliminate the sodium component but it definitely eliminates like the saturated fat component so um it's all fun because you can do a bunch of different things with it yum gonna have to try that for sure um so we're gonna kind of now we're gonna switch gears here and start to get into the topic so we are going to be talking about a lot regarding your time as a student at UC and then also into your career. So I know that you guys are going to share a lot about, you know, your time in college, your internship rotations, how you got your first job, um, and what your role looks like now as an RD at Children's. So starting off with my first question, whoever wants to go first, um, what was your experience like as a college student studying nutrition? Did you know you wanted to study it? Did you ever change majors? And then can you share some tips for studying 
getting involved in balancing that school, that school fun life, I guess. <laughs> Do you want me to talk about it first? Okay, this is Kylie. <laughs> um, so it's really funny, actually, how Delaney and I met. And we always tell this story, like, to people at Children's, because um, we're, we're friends outside of Children's, and people, I guess, didn't realize how good of friends we were until um, we get to talking, like, in clinics and stuff. But um, so we're both, like Delaney said, non-traditional students. Um, in a way where we didn't start out majoring in dietetics. So Delaney can give her background a little more in detail, but I started out majoring in psychology and it was because I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but I didn't want to declare exploratory because I didn't want to just take like a bunch of fluffy coursework. Like I wanted to take credits that would go towards something. So I just chose psychology. Um, and that's why I ended up getting the certificate. I finished the credits for that just so I could use it for something. Um, but I think it was like maybe halfway into my second year that I decided I wanted to do dietetics. I've always really been interested in health and fitness. And I um, became a personal trainer right around that time, like in 2016. And um, I was doing that part time to kind of pay my way through school. And um, I thought, you know, nutrition um, and exercise go hand in hand. So that's kind of why I switched my major and Delaney and I met actually at an info session to switch over to dietetics. We, it was like the way that they described the, this info session and broadcasted it, it was like going to be this big event. You had to register for it and all this stuff. And it was at 8 a.m. on like a Saturday or something. And we were the only two that showed up. And so we like sat by each other and just like agreed that if we were going to do this, we would just try to pick as many classes together as possible and kind of, um, you know, be buddies throughout the coursework because we were not going to be in like a traditional cohort where we would be with the same people all the time. Um, and I mean, we made other friends for sure, but it was just always kind of us together in all these classes. Um, but yeah, I think that pretty much describes how it went as far as um, undergrad is concerned. And then we did the internship. We didn't have any rotations together or anything like that, but we always stayed in touch during the internship and then studying um, but yeah. Yeah. Do you have any main tips for like studying or anything that you can remember you did or like balancing that school? Oh yeah, play life? absolutely. So we were both involved in organizations like Nutred, um, SDA, um, and we did volunteer activities and stuff within those organizations. Um, and then I was also involved in another campus organization called Charge. Um, and it was more of like an exercise nutrition in depth organization. And, uh, we both worked, I think we were talking about this earlier. I think that between the two of us, there was never a point in my time throughout my undergrad that I didn't have at least two part-time jobs, sometimes three. And I mean, between the three, um, it averaged it out to maybe 30, 35 hours a week of working, but that just worked for my schedule. So between working, studying, and then doing like the um, extracurricular, like the fun, you know, volunteer type stuff and organizational type stuff. It is a lot to balance, but I feel like being structured definitely um, in also incorporating a good work life balance with, you know, fun stuff and then academics. Um, but then we both are like very top notch uh procrastinators so um but we procrastinate very well so our we were joking around saying like if we had to give any type of recommendation or any type of advice it would be if you are a procrastinator that's fine 
but make sure you procrastinate well. So, you know, prioritizing the stuff that actually needs to be done first, but still making room for the fun stuff because it is important, especially now more than ever, to prioritize your mental health. Um, And just, you know, make sure that you have a hobby or something that you enjoy doing outside of all of this other stuff that's, you know, required of you. Um, Because if you are completely married to, you know, the academic part and the work part, and you're only solely worried about that, I feel like it would drive someone crazy. So just having a good balance, as cliche as it sounds, it's like super important. Yeah, I like that. Thanks, Kylie. As far as the experience for um, college with me, it's, so I did change major majors just like Kylie did um, a little bit differently. I actually started at Northern Kentucky University. I'm from Kentucky. Um, that's kind of where I started because my whole family went there and I thought that's just what I was supposed to do. Um, so I was undecided in business for two years before I met with my advisor and almost in tears told her I didn't know what I wanted to do and nothing I, that was offered seemed to be something I wanted to do. But I did love nutrition, but NKU didn't have that at the time. She's like, well, have you thought about UC? And I was like, I didn't think I could transfer. That's never been a thought in my head. And then it did and I transferred and it was great. And then kind of went on from there with Kylie, um, meeting Kylie and um, doing all the fun stuff and balancing school school life um, with personal life, um, getting involved with a lot of the um, clubs, taking advantage of what was offered in the clubs, not just signing up, you know, not just being a part of a club, but actually doing what was offered and participating and meeting new people, not just saying I'm a part of a club. Um, that's very important um, to do. Um, and then a lot of the tips that Kylie mentioned um, I completely agree with a lot of tips for studying um, throughout college. I think studying with friends was helpful. Um, I personally learned by asking others questions. Like if I were to quiz Kylie on something, when I quiz her and she answers, I then remember the answer as well. Um, so it's almost like she's getting help, but I'm helping myself as well. So it's like a, you know, it's an equal parts um, benefit there. Um, we utilize the medical arts building a lot to study in those little cubicle like cubicles when um, we had time. I actually lived off campus, um, so I drove 30 to 45 minutes every day to and from, whereas Kylie lived near campus. So it was nice having a friend who did live on campus and I could take advantage of spending time with um, Kylie and, you know, studying with her and learning the college life more, whereas she kind of already was experiencing that. So it's kind of coming from two different um, sides from that angle. Um, But overall, it was a very interesting non-traditional experience that um, I definitely would do again. (laughs) Nice. I love that you guys kind of had that non-traditional route. I know I was just telling Delaney before we started this, but I was business undecided my first year and going into nutrition without like knowing anybody and everybody already having like their group of people. It was hard definitely at first, but if you can find just like that one person or like that group of people who you can have to study with, or if you need help with anything, that's really beneficial and like not being afraid to put yourself out there as well. Definitely. So Kylie, Kylie, I know you talked about some of the clubs you were involved in, but Delaney, what about you? Or like, was there anything extra you guys did as a college student besides like working um, clubs on my end, this is Delaney, clubs on my end were very similar that SDA and nutrition, Nutred. Um, it's kind of similar with Kylie and taking advantage of what kind of activities were offered within the, within there. It, I will say 
from my standpoint, it was very difficult for me to do a lot extra since I did live so far away in Kentucky. I had to drive a lot. And after those long days, sometimes I just don't want to stay from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. <laughs> every day. Um, so th that made it very difficult for me. But I did do my best to try to reach out to people and meet people in one way or another, um, whether it be volunteering um, or in classes or groups or things like that. Um, I did have a part-time job as well, um, a couple of jobs throughout. And it was always a job that was super flexible with um, school. So that was very helpful. Um, but I think it was really just me getting out of my comfort zone and meeting people versus just gliding along throughout college, putting myself out there, even though it may have been uncomfortable. Yeah, and I think that that's really easy to do. <laughs> Just kind of like go through the motions, go to class and then leave. So I think that that's great advice for sure. Um, now kind of talking about the internship part, um, can you guys just talk a little bit about the rotations that you completed during your internship? Sure, do you want me to go first? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, okay, so I try to remember this the best of my ability. Um, so I think I got all of them um, because you kind of forget about those little short stints that you do sometimes. Um, so the ones that I did, and I don't know if these are exactly in order, but I'm pretty sure they are. I did Claremont County WIC, so Women, Infant, and Children, um, for like a week, I think, at the beginning of the semester, of the fall semester. And then I did um, a, a few specialty rotations. So right after that, I did Sports Nutrition to Go with Don Weatherwax. I think that was out like near Lebanon. Um, maybe not that far out, but kind of out in that general vicinity. Um, and she kind of worked with um, student athletes. Um, and then my long like the lengthy one, the clinical one, I was at Mercy Claremont, um, which is out on the east side of town. That was like the 12 week clinical rotation. And then I did a few more specialty rotations. Um, I was at UC with UC Athletics and then that um, dietitian who also worked at the time with UC Athletics also worked with FC Cincinnati. So it was like a hybrid between UC Athletics and FC Cincinnati. And that was maybe like three weeks um, and then the last one that I did was uh, Norwood City Schools. And I worked, I think, primarily within like the elementary middle school schools um, in their food service department. And that one was really neat, too. And I, I mean, I know we you asked us to pick a few of our favorite ones, and I really did enjoy all of them. They're all very unique in their own way. Um, but if I had to pick, really, I think that the ones that I particularly enjoyed were the UC Athletic one mixed with the FC Cincinnati um, and then Norwood City Schools um, because I really was into the personal training aspect of nutrition and the athletics aspect of nutrition at the time. Um, so I was just obsessed with what they're doing, you know, at UC and especially FC Cincinnati too, because that's a pro sport. So I was never exposed to something like that on that type of level um, in that personalized uh, type of level. So I thought that was really neat. I was like starstruck. Um, and then that was also when they were like just building that facility um, for FC Cincinnati and it was all kind of new. So um, I just got to be kind of part of that hype. And then the Norwood City Schools was really cool because I think when people think like food service, they're kind of apprehensive about, you know, like what all goes into that. But a lot of the food at Norwood, it was like locally sourced 
um, like the fruits and vegetables and stuff. And the person that I worked under my preceptor, he was like super passionate about providing like home cooked type meals while still keeping them nutritious. So it wasn't like your typical, um, you know, mystery lunch food. It was, there was a lot of thought put into it. Um, so it made it kind of special. Nice. Do you have any specific tips for students during their internship? Like whether that be with time management or just like preparation? Yeah. Um, so I think that because I worked all through college, that really prepared me in terms of like time management. I was already able to balance like the academic life with the work life and then the social life um, pretty well. And I know they really don't recommend working during the internship. And I mean, I'm in agreement with that. It is really difficult because you basically are working a full-time job with this internship, but of course, you know, it's unpaid. Um, so my best advice is if you can swing it and you don't have to work during this time and you can financially do it, then I say, you know, I'm all for it. Take advantage of this time that you have to really throw yourself into the internship and then maybe even start studying a little bit for your exam. Um, but, you know, not everybody has that luxury, and I completely understand that. And I did continue to work during my internship. But luckily, the jobs that I had already established, I had to let go of one of them. But the other one that I kind of kept, um, it, I worked really on the weekends and maybe late into the evenings with the part-time job. It never conflicted or overlapped by any means with um, the internship. And that was really the only way that I was able to swing it and then cutting back on the hours significantly, significantly that I was working to. Um, but, you know, just to make a little income. And I think that, you know, it worked for me, but it doesn't work for everybody. So I think just, you know, knowing what you're capable of doing and honoring that, don't try to burn yourself out. Um, because really, like, once you get done with the internship, it's go time. Like, you have to study for that exam. And then, you know, you might pick back up on your part-time work if you are working. Um, and then the rest is just kind of, like, in your hands. There's no college classes or internship that's holding you accountable. You just have to do the work with the studying and then take the exam and then, you know, you're thrown into the work field, hopefully, if you can find a job right away. So just trying to really prioritize, again, what's important, but, you know, making sure that you take care of yourself and not doing too much. Yeah. Um, for my rotations in the internship, um, so there's a, the two longer ones were St. E, so St. Elizabeth, um, which is in Kentucky. There's Fort Thomas, Edgewood, and Florence. I was able to go to all of them, thankfully. I was at Edgewood the most, but I was able to go to all locations, which was super helpful. It was, like I said, the lengthiest um, inpatient experience, and I was really trying, I was really able to grasp what an inpatient RD did and gain more experience from that, which I think if I wouldn't have done that, I would have had no idea. Um, so I'm very thankful I was able to do that and meet the dietitians there, see how their flow works. Um, that was at the start of my internship. At the end of my internship in the spring was also a longer um, rotation at Sun Behavioral, um, which is a um, Sun Behavioral Institute. It's in Kentucky, a little bit near the airport, um, but it's more of a... Um, um, I cannot think of the word. Just cut that part out. <laughs> like a mental health <laughs> facility, right? Yes, yes, yes. So I was at Sun Behavioral for the extent of the end of my um, internship for a decent amount of weeks, I think five or six weeks. And I was actually in food service 
there. It's quite a, sort of a mental health um, facility and reha rehabilitation center um, to help those um, who needed it. And that was very helpful in terms of food service because I worked very closely with the um, manager there um, in food service who was also a dietitian. Um, but in between there, I had a couple um, other ones that were very random, but I very much enjoyed the differences in all of them. So I did UC bariatrics for a couple days. I was at the eating recovery center for a couple weeks, which was very neat. One of my favorites just because of how different it was. I would have never experienced that if I hadn't gone there. Um, I was at the Northern Kentucky Health Department, which I had really no idea what that would be like. So that was also very neat to see. And then one of my all-time favorites, I went to Dayton Children's. I was interested in pediatrics. Um, I still am, which is why I'm at Cincinnati Children's. But um, I was able to get the opportunity to go to Dayton Children's. It was a little bit of a drive, but they worked with my schedule and um, it ended up working out great. The preceptor there was amazing. I was in the NICU. I got to do rounds with them. I got to see a lot of babies. It was just the sweetest thing. Um, and I really enjoyed it there. Um, so I would say Dayton Children's was probably my favorite. Eating Recovery Center falls shortly behind, but I did love them all just like Kylie did. Um, and then the tips for any students during this internship, I can't agree more with Kylie. Um, be realistic with your time. If you can swing up financially, um, not to work, that would be great and recommended. But um, I also, like I said, had that part-time job that was very flexible and I was able to work, thankfully. But if it was a job that was not flexible, I would not be able to have worked. Um, you know, if it was a nine-to-five job, I couldn't have worked. So a job that you're able to get a couple hours in um, is is helpful if the finances are are needed there and you're not able to, you know, do the internship without a job. Yeah, yeah. I, that's because yeah. I just got, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, we're not trying to like scare anybody like this, you know, the internships like super time consuming, you know, you're never going to have time for anything like nothing like that. It's definitely doable, I think, um, because I feel like at least in my experience, all the dietitians I've come across, we're all very similar in terms of personality and the way that we do things and structure things like kind of that type A behavior. Um, and so I and a lot of people I know can relate to that. So I feel like as long as you can make it work. And you set your, you know, your realistic expectations. I think, you know, working part time during the internship is fine. Like, I mean, ultimately, like, I wish I wouldn't have had to work because just one less thing to worry about. But it's totally doable. And I know that's kind of like the taboo part of the coordinated program um, in terms of, you know, whether or not you can make it work. So um, it's just good to know because I wish somebody would have told me that because I was really worried about whether or not I was going to be able to continue to work part time um, and make some money on the side. Um, but, you know, as long as you do set it in a way that's realistic and you aren't um, taking on too much, it is totally doable. Yeah, I think that's really comforting to know because I start my internship next summer. Like I just got into the accelerated program. So I'm like already thinking about, OK, am I going to be able to work? Um, so I, it's nice to hear that like you guys were able to do it. And again, if you don't have to, like, then you don't have to. But I think that's a great perspective. So getting into your role now as registered dietitians at Cincinnati Children's, um, Delaney, it says here you started in July 2019. And then Kylie, you started in July 2020. Can you guys just basically go through like a day in your life? What are your main responsibilities? What do you enjoy most and what is most challenging about your job? Of course. Do you start and describe what yeah. kind of about the job too? 
Of course. So when I started, so I um, studied uh, after graduation. I studied during, you know, before graduation um, at UC. And then after graduation, I ended up taking the test. I believe it was May or early June and um, applied for a lot of jobs. Luckily, I got offered a job. I got offered an interview, excuse me, um, at Cincinnati Children's and Preventive Cardiology. The timing just worked out. It was I was very thankful for that, um, and I ended up getting offered the job job late June. I started in July um, of 2019, so I was, like I said, very thankful for that. It doesn't always work out that way, um, just kind of the right, right um, timing of things. Um, but a typical day for Kylie and I would be, since we are outpatient, it is Monday through Friday, um, so we don't have we do have the luxury of not having to work weekends or alternating weekends or every fourth weekend or whatever it may be. So we're Monday through Friday, no weekends. The typical time is 8 to 4.30. However, that is clinic dependent. We have clinic um, many days. Um, we have six different providers that we're with. Um, some do clinics more full time, some, you know, a couple of times a month. However, you know, if, it, if the last patient's at 4.30, we're probably going to be there till five or six some days, um, and that's okay. So it's kind of just making sure we um, adjust our timing as needed with work there. But our typical is, you know, we start around eight, we end around four or five. Um, like I said, we have different providers, but we also have different locations that we go to that we call satellite locations. So base is the main campus, you know, off Burnett Avenue by UC. That's where we're at most of the time. That's where most of our providers are. Um, one of our providers does travel. Um, so they go to, um, I think, about eight other locations. Um, and most of these are in the tri-state area, such as Mason Liberty, um, Crestview Hills, etc., um, Eastgate, but that we also do go to Maysville um, once a month, and then we go to um, Washington Courthouse um, every couple months, so it's quarterly. Um, so that's very neat to be able to see different populations, different areas, um, reach out to different people so they don't have to travel as far. Um, that's kind of where that looks like. Um, we do provide MNT for patients throughout these clinics. We also work very closely with our team. It's a very small team, um, which we're very thankful for, so that we can become close and learn more. We learn a lot from the team members um, on how to improve not only our care, but, you know, communication, um, professional skills, and things like that. Um, outside of the MNT, we do do some administrative work, um, and that may be things such as figuring out how to make sure these patients get the reminders that they need for the appointment, making sure they have the labs they need, making sure they have what they need for their appointment to be most successful and um, for them to get um, basically what they need and have the expectations set of what they're going to expect at the appointment. Um, so it's kind of continuous quality um, care and improvement on our end, but also the team's end um, administrative wise, not just clinical wise. Um, so I think it's very important to realize that no matter what field you're in, even if it's not even dietetics, whatever it is, you're going to be going in for the job that is mainly, you know, in our case, MNT for patients and patient care. But you're also going to be doing things that aren't, tech, that aren't necessarily what you thought you'd be going into. And that was where administrative work, um, quality improvement, things like that also fall into. Um, so that's our main responsibility, patient care, but also some office work, meaning administrative work, and then team building, uh, making sure the team's up to date, communication's good. Um, I personally enjoy the environment that we work in, the team that we do have, and the opportunities that we're given to help our patients um, at Children's. That's what I enjoy most about the job. Um, I do enjoy, obviously, Monday through Friday, no weekends. That's 
a great thing, but that's the general picture. It's really the environment we work on. We work in and the opportunities we're given to help our patients and families. Um, and then to go off of that, the most challenging thing about the job, I feel like um, one of them is probably how different um, people can be, how different providers can be. Um, and that may be the workflow, that may be the efficiency, that may be, um, you know, how they how they want to do things versus other providers. Um, especially with the pandemic, there's been a lot of changes. We had to um, redo a lot of things. We had to implement telehealth, which was never a thing before the pandemic. Um, so that those, the pandemic caused a lot of um, changes, which could have been challenging, but I think I learned a lot from those changes, which I think was actually beneficial. So I'm, I'm kind of happy I was able to experience all of it. And I um, want to just keep learning basically in this job. But speaking of the pandemic, um, Kylie now joined us in July of 2020 during the pandemic, if you want to speak a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, so we both, like Delaney said, um, we both graduated in 2019 and um, started studying for the exam right away. And then, um, of course, like the pandemic started in January of 2020 or like December, January of 2020, kind of. Um, so I actually like I never intended on working at Children's. It just kind of happened. Um, I always from the jump, like since I switched my major to dietetics, I wanted to be a personal trainer, but I also wanted to be like the in-house dietitian at this privately owned gym that I was working at. Um, and I had worked at this gym since becoming um, a personal trainer in 2016. So they had not developed a nutrition program yet at this gym. Um, they only had personal training. So I was like the, you know, perfect fit in regards to having both. So I had like a whole base of clients, like maybe 30 clients before the pandemic happened. Um, and then I was also going to jumpstart this whole nutrition gig within this gym as well. Um, but then the pandemic happened, um, and I took my test, you know, that, um, December of 2020 and passed, and I was right on track with creating this nutrition program at the gym while still implementing personal training. Um, but then when the shutdown happened, like the global shutdown, of course, the gym had to shut down as well. And um, the gym is up and running again. Like everything's fine. You know, they're fine and they're still operating as of today. But um, obviously when it shut down with the rest of the world, like I wasn't making money. So I didn't get to continue to work. Um, I was doing some like social media managing for them, but that was like the extent of my income with the gym. And I was also trying to plan a wedding at the same time because I got married in August of 2020. Um, and so it was just not, you know, feasible. Um, it kind of made me reevaluate, you know, my whole financial situation and it, and I already knew this, but, you know, personal training, the income, it's not usually consistent, um, depending on where you work. So it just kind of reinforced the fact that it's not consistent. Same thing if you were to sell, you know, nutrition care at a gym, so I needed something, you know, a little more um, structured and a little more secure. So I started job searching um, while still working for the gym. You know, when the world opened back up again um, and the gym opened back up, I continued to work there. Um, but I did start job hunting for something a little more secure. Um, and I came across the listing for children's and I knew Delaney worked there. So I asked her about it. And just by coincidence, it was like within the same department that she was working in. So I decided to apply um, and I did get an interview and then eventually, you know, I got the job. So I 
was, I actually started at Children's part-time in that department. There were three dietitians. Um, and then the other dietitian quit. And so then I, you know, developed into the um, full-time role. So now it's just Delaney and I, the two full-time dietitians um, in that little clinic. So it is kind of like odd how it happened because it's again, like another non-traditional way of finding, I guess, a job, but I love it. Like, I'm so thankful for the way that it happened. And I did continue to do the personal training gig on the side. I, I, cause after, I mean, I had 30 something clients at the gym, but then when COVID happened and people came back, I had maybe 10, like that's truly how many people we lost because of the pandemic. So even if I wanted to stay at the gym, I wasn't making a full-time income. So I trained who I had for a little bit and I actually just let go of that job at the end of, um, 2021. So this year, 2022 is my first time solely focusing on just, um, pediatric care. So, um, yeah, but like Delaney said, the typical day, that is how it goes when we have the clinics, um, we will see the patient if it's warranted. So we don't always see every single patient that's scheduled for the day. Um, the nurse, if it's an in-person visit, the nurse goes in, gets blood pressures, gets background, then the um, provider, the doctor, they go in, they do the whole visit. And then if they think that dietary intervention is necessary um, for that specific patient, they'll send the dietitian in last. Um, so the dietitian being Delaney or I will go in. Sometimes we're in clinic together. Sometimes it's just one of us, depending on the day and the load of um, patients that are scheduled and then we'll provide the um, MNT and then we'll, you know, usually that's accompanied by educational handouts. Um, but it's the same thing with um, telehealth, similar um, enough, except the nurse just isn't a component in the telehealth visit unless they're getting um, an updated list of medications. Because of course, since it's telehealth, they can't do blood pressures or anything like that. So the doctor will start first. Um, and then same thing, if they feel like they need to see a dietitian or the family request to speak to a dietitian, we'll get invited onto the call last and then we'll do the MNT. And then because it's virtual, we usually follow up with like an email um, with some educational handouts and just kind of reiterating um, the dietary interventions that we want the patient to follow before the next visit. And then of course, to the office work that Delaney mentioned, there is some admin work that we have to do, whether that's helping with scheduling, referrals, things like that. It's all still relevant to our jobs as dietitians, um, but it's just like stuff that I think some people don't consider um, when applying for jobs, that there are going to be certain parts that don't pertain specifically to medical nutrition therapy, but they all make, you know, the job and the department run as a whole. Yeah, just, I think that that's super helpful. Sorry, go ahead, Delaney. That's okay. Um, just for a little bit more clarification too, I forgot to mention this. Um, we do have the in-person, in-person, excuse me, in-person and telehealth um, clinics. The in-person is more specific to hypertension, you know, elevated blood pressure patients who need their blood pressure taken in clinic. And our telehealth is more specific to those who have abnormal cholesterol. So that's kind of where the, the, um, the differences are in telehealth versus in-person, which started after the pandemic. Gotcha. Thank you for that clarification. Um, Because I think now, like, things have just changed, I feel like. Um, and they might be forever changed the way we we do, like, see patients. Oh, yeah. I didn't mention, uh, I forgot to mention, um, like, a challenge with the job. Um, and I, Delaney mentioned this, that she started before the pandemic. So she knows what life was like at Children's before the pandemic. But I started in kind of in the middle of the pandemic. So I've only known the workflow there with a pandemic. 
So that's just how I've learned and how I've um, been brought on to the team. And um, so I think that it, it's been challenging in a way because I was, because Delaney was like trying to relearn a system of how to do things while I was trying to learn in the first place. So um, mm. I think it really helped us that we already knew each other outside of children's because the it was like quicker, like the adaptation was a little bit quicker because we were already comfortable with each other. Um, but it is, it was challenging because, you know, with things changing constantly with the pandemic, um, we kind of had to adapt that to what we were doing in clinic and how we were seeing patients, treating patients, the availability of patients, things like that. But then I will also agree with Delaney on um, the way in which different providers work. They all have their own workflow, their own um, way in which they treat patients, their own um you know, the amount of patients they're seeing in clinic, it all varies based on the provider. So you do kind of like, all, even though the information that you're providing to the patients are all, you know, the same, but also, you know, specialized to that patient, depending on the case, we do kind of have to mold our workflow to fit the provider that we're working with that day, just so that it can be efficient, if that makes sense. Like what, some providers work a lot slower, others work a lot quicker, um, others require, some require, you know, more information, less information, it just depends on the person makes sense and um I was also saying earlier like I think it's really nice that Kylie you at least you touched on this how your your path kind of changed um and just just seeing that there's so much you can do in nutrition and you oh, might yeah. not always be in that same job or you know you might lose your job and it's just kind of like figuring out what you want to do yeah it was it was scary I'm not gonna lie like I was super bummed because I wanted forever to be like a personal trainer and relate nutrition directly to athletics. Um, but I, again, like, I'm so thankful that it happened the way that it did. Cause I'm still a certified personal trainer. Like I can still do that on the side. If I wish to pick it back up, I'm going to keep the certification relevant. Like I'm, I'm going to make sure I do the continuing education credits and everything just so I have that in my back pocket. But, um, I never considered pediatrics before this and it's like the best job I've ever had. Like I really do truly enjoy it. Um, and I mean, had the pandemic not happened, I probably would never have even considered it. So, yeah, um, that's kind of like the silver lining, I guess, um, to all of the mess that's been going on. But yeah, it's, th th this is like, this is me definitely telling everybody who is, you know, kind of worried about where they might fit in the world of dietetics. There's so many different things you can do. And if the first thing, you know, doesn't work out or even the third or second or fourth or, you know, whatever, there's always going to be something to fall back on. So Definitely true. Yeah, I just have one last question for you guys to end this podcast episode today. Um, what are some of the main tips or your main tip that you would give to current nutrition students now, um, whether that be about school, about mental health, about preparing for um, their career or that internship, just any tips you guys have? I would like to shadow Kylie with a few that she had already said that were amazing. Um, my my tips would definitely be um, to either one avoid procrastination if that's if you're not as much of a procrastinator, or um, prioritize well as an expert procrastinator. Um, get some sleep, drink plenty of water, and practice self care. Um, finding a hobby outside of school is what Kylie had mentioned, and I completely agree with that. Um, 
um, hiking, meditation, yoga, travel, reading, whatever it may be. Um, I personally, I, I have four dogs. We love to um, walk and travel and hike whenever we can. Um, but that's a good getaway just to kind of almost meditate away from, um, you know, what, what you do on a typical day. So finding something for, for your own, you know, mental health benefit as well. Nice. Um, yeah, basically what Delaney said, just prioritizing your mental health above everything else. I think, especially with how the world is right now, like that is like the most important thing you can do. Cause if you're not healthy and you're not vibing the way you should, then nothing else is going to fall into place as it should. So, you know, just trying to put yourself first as hard as it can seem sometimes. Um, and just making sure that you're doing something that you enjoy outside of working, outside of academics, um, to kind of manage your stress and self-regulate a little bit. Um, but also networking. Like, I forgot to mention that earlier. That is so important. The dietetics world is so small. And I'm sure people have heard that before, especially in Cincinnati. It is such a small world. Things come full circle more often than not. And you run into the same people more often than not. So just making sure that you're putting yourself out there and trying to make as many meaningful connections as possible is super duper duper important um, in this working environment. Um, because you never know when you're going to need to use someone as a reference or you're going to need to reach out to somebody for help um, and things like that. And there are, you know, organizations beyond SDA that you can join. And I'm sure SDA, they've already touched on this because this is stuff that we did when we were in SDA, but GCDA, so the Greater Cincinnati Dietetics Association, that's a perfect one to join. Um, and a lot of the admin um, at uh, the University of Cincinnati are actually on the board or part of that as well. So you do already run into some familiar faces when you're there. Um, but yeah, just making sure that you're trying to make as many connections as possible with people, whether that's just, you know, taking someone's number down after you've met with them or, you know, shooting someone an email or following someone on social media, whatever the case may be, just trying to, you know, put yourself out there in that environment. Yeah, I, that's a great piece of advice. I know in our mentorship program, we have through SDA, um, we just had them build LinkedIn so they could start connecting with dietitians because I think that like the business side of things in nutrition, we don't always learn about like those things like, oh, how to maybe make your resume or how to like have a strong professional communication skills. Like I felt like I took a business class on that, but that was because I was a business student. So we're just trying to bring more of that like into the field of nutrition um, and SDA as well. So I like that you you talked about that. But that is all I have for you guys question wise. Um, I think that you gave some really helpful and important information and I even learned a lot. Like I, I'm not, I don't know a lot about clinical dietetics um, just cause like, I don't, I don't know what I want to do yet. And I haven't done my, my internship and I know a lot of the listeners probably can relate to that. So I think that um, you just going through a day in your life, talking about what you like about your job, all of that was super, super helpful. And I'm sure that a lot of people will, We'll learn from this episode and maybe even consider um, doing something similar after they graduate. So thank you guys so much for your time and for coming on today. Thank you yep, so much. You. If anyone ever has questions, um, feel free um, that they reach out to you know you. You can give up, you can give them our information if there's questions about anything personal and our schedules or things like that. <laughs>